Sunday, and we've had a good run of like three good Sundays in a row. So next week's back to boring old regular Sunday. Like that's not just how we operate, okay? Um, next Sunday, it's not like the end of, of good things. We have our life group class that's the beginning, and, and uh, so many good things that are happening there. And uh, we were going to have uh, our welcome lunch following the service. And that's going to be awesome and exciting. So many good things. In fact, Hannah's going to come right now, and she's going to tell us some of our upcoming events that we have going on to make you aware of all the exciting activities that we have. Yes, I have my phone so that I don't forget them like I normally do. Also, it looks like the whole floor got baptized also. So tonight is super exciting. The whole community of the body believers is celebrating tonight with the community night of worship. Yes! It's so exciting. It makes my heart so full. Um, it's at Harvest Church tonight at six o'clock. So you'll want to be there. You'll be blessed. Jesus will be there. It's so good. It's so good. It's certified by our worship leader. There you go. That's all you need. Second, uh, if you are a parent of a child between the ages of four and ten, um, Andrew Sutherland, he's a PhD student here at the church, and he is doing a play therapy class, and that starts this Wednesday at 6.30. So, and it's just the parents, you don't have to bring, well, I mean, there's kids ministry stuff going on, so you should bring your kids to that too. But if you're interested in that, we have a sign-up sheet. There aren't, there are a limited number of spots, um, but I want to encourage you, like, get in on that. That's an awesome opportunity for you to take advantage of. The other thing, oh, no, it disappeared. Where'd it go? Okay, there we go. And then next week is also really exciting uh, because, first of all, life group classes are starting, and it's going to be amazing because every time Jesus tells me to read the book of Ephesians, I get mad at him because I'm like, what else is there to learn, Jesus? And every time he's like, hey, Anna, look at that, and it blows my mind every time. It's been like... 50 times now, probably. It's great. So you should be there because we're really, or we're studying the armor of God. And you're like, the armor of God, we've been through that. No, Jesus will bless you by the armor of God again. You just have to show up. That's like 80% of the work, you're just showing up. And the other thing next week is if, like Dakota mentioned earlier, if you have been attending newly since like December, we want to have a welcome lunch, get to know your name, Put a name to the face so you don't get lost in the sea of chairs. Because we really do love you, and we want you to be a part of the family, and we don't just want to like hide you in the sound booth for the next 10 years or something. Um, you should laugh. <laughs> that was a good joke, guys. Come on. <laughs> yes, so, night of worship, play therapy, life group classes, and a welcome lunch. And you can sign up for the welcome lunch on the back of the clipboard or on the back of the card that's on the clipboard under your chair. There's a lot of prepositions. But I'll give it back to Pastor Matt. <laughs> awesome. Before we dig into Ephesians 2, our ushers are going to come and receive our morning tithe and offering. We've got our plates up here. I'm going to pray for that. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this word that we're looking to. Thank you for how you're going to speak to us today. Thank you for baptisms and baby dedications and memberships and the fact that we have so much to be thankful for. And so much to celebrate. As we turn to your word today, would you make it come alive and speak to us in new and exciting ways. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. God bless you as you give today. So, man, Celebration Sunday. I love it. My favorite. I'm going to say it. Nothing you can do about it because I've got the mic. Ephesians chapter 2, 17 through 22 says this. He came, he being Jesus, and he preached peace to you who are far away. And peace to those who are near. 
For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, and Christ Jesus himself as his chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. When I say the phrase, the best place on earth, probably a lot of different things can come to mind. But to me, the, the church is the best place on earth. Amen. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not just saying that because I say every Sunday is my favorite or whatever uh, you may think. I think when, when I say that something like that, when I say the church is the best place on earth, not hearing a whole lot of people getting excited. In fact, I'm seeing on faces across the room, you know, that thought, here he goes again, just exaggerating. But hey, listen, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry if I get excited about church. I want to talk to you about why the church is the best place on earth. Some of you here today may have trouble with this, or maybe someone that's watching online today is struggling with this, and maybe it's because you've had a frustrating experience at some point or another, or you've had a disappointment at church. Maybe for you, because of some reasons, the church is the furthest thing in your mind from the best place on earth. In fact, a nightmare might be a better choice of words or description. You may ask if the church is the best place on earth, then why are there church arguments and, and why do churches split and why are some churches so judgmental and lacking grace? Why are some church leaders so harsh? How can this be the best place on earth? I love a quote by Charles Spurgeon. Um, he was the first person to ever grow a church to the size of 10,000 people. God used him in incredible ways in London. And uh, he called the church the dearest place on earth. And he, it's not a short quote, but I love this. So listen to what he said. He said, give yourself to the church. You that are members of the church have not found it perfect. And I hope that you will feel almost glad that you have not. If I had never joined a church till I found one that was per perfect, I would have never joined one at all. And the moment that I did join it, if I had found one, I should have spoiled it for it would not have been a perfect church after I became a member of it. Still, imperfect as it is, it is the dearest place on earth to us. All who have first given themselves to the Lord should as speedily as possible also give themselves to the Lord's people. How else is there to be a church on earth? If it's right for one person to refrain from membership in the church, it's right for everyone. And then the testimony for God would be lost in the world. What I love about this quote and this declaration of the church as the dearest place on earth is that it's included with an acknowledgement that the church is not perfect. It includes imperfect people, and as a result, there's going to be disappointments from time to time. The thing about churches is that they will let anyone in these places nowadays. <laughs> they let sinners in here. Did you realize that? Sinners like me. Sinners like you are welcome. And you know what? We don't always get it right. As much as we would love to believe in ourselves that we have it all together, we know the truth is that we really don't. And at New Life, we've been very clear all along that we aren't a perfect church. And there are no perfect people here. And sometimes we don't get it right. And we're going to need a lot of grace ourselves. And listen, if you've been hurt or caused pain by a past experience in a church, I'm so sorry. And I can't promise you that you'll never be disappointed at New Life. In fact, if we haven't disappointed you yet, would you please just give us a little bit more time? 
We will get there. Just give us a few more minutes. In fact, I've got about 15 to 20 minutes left of the sermon. I may disappoint you before it's all said and done today. My point is that no one's pretending that church is perfect because she's not. But what I can tell you is that while we need a lot of grace because we are imperfect, we also believe in giving a lot of grace. We don't have it all together and we don't have that expectation for anyone else that would be here and worship alongside of us either. The Bible says that while we were still sinners, that's when Christ came and died for us and that's the heartbeat of new life. Sometimes we can make loving people way more complicated than Jesus ever did. If you have friends that don't have a church, bring them. You may say, well, pastor, they aren't re really ready for church yet. They use some really choice language or pastor, they stay up late on Saturday nights and it's not the Holy Spirit that they're full of. <laughs> hey, you know what? Bring them. They might fit in just, just right. God's working here at New Life in different people's lives, in different people's places, and he's smoothing out the rough edges. Nobody here has it all together, but God is drawing people to himself. One thing that we believe is that no perfect people are allowed, but you and me and your friends, your family, they're welcome here. What does that have to do with Ephesians 2, 17 through 22? Well, absolutely everything. And here's why. It begins with this idea that Jesus begins with nothing and he creates something out of nothing. It says he came and he preached peace to you that were far away and peace to you that were near. Here's what that meant to the church that was at Ephesus. There were people who were a part of this covenant with Abraham. They were the Jewish people. They were waiting for a Messiah. They were near to God. They were religiously trying to work it out. They were trying to get to God. But what this passage makes really clear is that religious activity separate from worship with God is hostility toward God. You can't just be busy doing religious things and hope that that's good enough. You can't be religious enough to be right with God. God doesn't just want religious activity. He wants your heart and he wants your life. He wants a relationship with you. So in order to reconcile people caught up in religious activity that didn't result in a relationship with God, Jesus came. Jesus came for those people that were near to God, but they didn't know God. And God's desire wasn't just that they would be near to God, but they would know God. Some of you may have grown up in church with a mom and dad that talked to you about God and they read the Bible and they prayed in your house and you got dropped off at youth group and you were an honor star and you were born being close to God. You were a religious home but you know what? That's not good enough to save you. A religious home or a mom and dad that loves God isn't good enough for you to get to heaven. You're not far from God, but you need a personal relationship with Jesus. Jesus came and died for you, not just to be near him, but for you to know him. So there's people that are near God, but they still need God. And then there's people that are far away. They didn't grow up in church. They didn't grow up. They don't know the, the words to all the songs. They don't know the hand motions. They didn't go to youth group. They, they were doing other things. They aren't Jewish people. But Jesus came not only to save those who are near, but to save those who are far, your friends that don't know anything about God, that you would never imagine seeing them in a church. But God does because that's his plan for their life. He desires to bring not only those that are near, but those that are far. He's building something out of nothing. And he's not just building anything. He's building his church. That leads us to the next thing is that Jesus isn't just building a place. He's building people. It says, consequently, you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but you're fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. God's rescued and redeemed us, whether we were far away or whether we were near. He's building his church, and the church is us. 
It's not buildings. Let me tell you, there's nothing special about church buildings. We're in the process of building a new one, and I don't have anything against new church buildings. God's called us to do that. We believe it's, it's his plan, but he's not super excited just about the building. He's excited about what's going to take place inside, those build, inside that building with the people that he's building. I mean, when you think about church buildings, some of them are grocery stores, and one minute you're buying toiletries, and the next minute you're seeing kumbaya in the same aisle. Like, there's nothing special about that building. It's just a building. This building, it was a, a nightclub, a, a dance hall, and a bar. And I've been told by several people that they liked the location of it being here a little bit outside of town because they could do whatever kind of nonsense that they wanted to do here without the scrutiny of the authorities in town. So it could get a little bit more crazy out here. So that's this building. If you want to know the history of this building, the building doesn't matter. God's redeemed it. He's used it. In the last couple of years, several hundred people have come to know him here and had encounters with God here, but it's not anything special about the building. We'll sell it and it'll become a, an herb house or a grocery store or a bar again. I don't know what it'll be. And God's going to use a new place, but it's not the place. It's the people that God is bringing together. That's what God's building. Church buildings are weird and some of them are creepy. They make weird noises. You don't want to be stuck in one at night. The craziest thing that you could ever be invited to is a sleepover lock-in at a church. Don't go. Run the other direction. As a youth pastor for 17 years, I've never been so scared in my life of the building or the kids. It's not the place, it's the building. So not only is Jesus beginning with nothing and he's creating something, but he's building people. And he brings us together for a purpose. It says, in him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. It's not the building, it's the people. It's, he's building us. He's pulling us together. He's joining us together. I love this because God doesn't just begin with nothing and create something for no reason. God isn't building people without a plan. He has a purpose for it all. He brings the building, which is the people together, to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Since the creation of mankind, God has said it's not good for man to be alone. And he's not just talking about marriage. He's talking about all aspects of our life. He's talking about even when we come together and we worship God, it's not good that we do that alone. His intention was that we would come together and that he would be lifted up and glorified. You can buy yourself a glove and a bat and a ball. And you can throw the ball and you can swing the bat and you can wear the glove, but you're never going to play baseball by yourself. It's not going to happen. You can learn to play every instrument in the orchestra like Hannah does, and you can master each and every one of them. And you will never have a symphony, though, without other people coming alongside of you. You can buy a big car. You can build a huge house. You can get a bicycle built for two, but you're never going to have a family. And you probably won't have much luck with that bicycle by yourself. It requires other people. More is better than less. You can lock yourself in a room and you can love Jesus and not be a part of the body of Christ at the church. You can read your Bible and you can sing songs, but you're never going to be able to replace what happens when we come together and God's presence is here. There's a reason that his word says that when two or three gather in his name, it doesn't take a lot of us. It just takes a few to come together for us to be able to experience God in a special way. There's something special that happens when we get together. It's because of what God is building when we do. It's a purpose. It's bigger than ourselves. It's a place for the presence of God. It's good for the community. And it's for those that are near and those that are far away from him. 
Today, that's the reason that we do Celebration Sunday. That's the reason that we dedicate kids to the Lord. It's the reason that we baptize people. It's the reason that we are here today to celebrate new members and those that are serving and so many things because these are things that, that don't just happen outside of the church. These things that God is working inside of our church. It's ways that we see that he's building something that's bigger than ourselves. It's not a man-made church. It's not something that we have orchestrated or put together or planned. God is building something super supernatural within us. He's joining hearts together. He's got a plan and a purpose that's bigger than us. Today I'm going to invite those that are going to celebrate with us as be by becoming members at New Life to come and spread out here across the front. Uh, you can use both sides of this. There is a little water up here, so just be careful. Uh, it's like SeaWorld up here, but it's awesome. Uh, we have a large group of people that are taking this step today, and I'm going to kind of move over here allow them to come. But we've got some pictures because I want to walk through these first before they come up here because we had a number of these people that were in first service that aren't here today, but we still want you to recognize who they are. And this is one of my favorite parts of uh, when people become members because I get the privilege of going on their social media and choosing which picture that I choose to display uh, to you guys today. And it's, it's a lot of fun for me and for the people because they're like sitting there right now terrified wondering what picture could I possibly have chosen. But the great thing is when they use it as a profile picture and share it with thousands of people, I assume that it's okay for me to share it with just a few hundred of my friends. So that's what we're going to do today. So the first that we have is we have the McGee family. Would you give them a hand? Awesome. Like you doing here earlier, Michael, Melissa, Jake, and Luke are here today in this service, and we're excited that they're becoming part of the family. We have the Tarango family, Ralph, Dina, Austin, Autumn, and soon-to-be Tarango, Taylor Reynolds as well. Give them a hand. Taylor and Austin get celebrated too much. This is like two weeks in a row. We've got we to stop this. Uh, we have Kale and soon-to-be Mrs. Palmer, Krista, Colleen, and Vinny. Give them a hand. Kale Palmer, Krista, Colleen. We have Taylor Bass here today. We have Alex Lundvall. Awesome. And both of them are here today. And then we have, this is a very important one, we have Hannah Nelson. She's our youth pastor, but she's reminded me for the past year that she was never recognized and never got her due welcome to the church as part of uh, the church membership. So we are recognizing her today because I don't want to hear about it for the next year. So would you give a hand for all these today? And we're going to invite them to come and just stand up here across the front and face the church congregation today. about 20 people in total when you look at all their families that are becoming members and it's awesome like we said this is something that God is building this is something that God is doing today I want to challenge you the step that you're taking is a wonderful thing and we celebrate with you the term that churches have used for a long time is membership and I don't really believe that that gives a super accurate uh, picture of what happens in the Bible during this membership in our society it kind of paints a picture of I'm gonna get something I sign up for something and I get something. You're going to give me something as a member. I joined Planet Fitness. You know why I joined it? I want to work out. But you know why else? They have hydro massage and chair massages. And that's <laughs> awesome. That's a perk of being the member, right? We think about membership. We're like, what do I get if I sign up? And that's really not the idea that Jesus had when he put together the church and he wanted people to be a part of it. It's not an idea of perks and benefits that you assume as a member, but it's more of a partnership 
between the church and between the individual. And it's where the benefit is received as you commit to it. You get out in proportion what you put into the church. The more that you serve, the more that you attend, the more that you're involved with the church, the more that you get as a benefit of being a member and a partner. So today I want to welcome you not only as members, but as partners in partnership with New Life Church. And I charge you as members and partners to leave your mark on this church and to contribute in a way that will leave New Life Church better than you found it. Today, we know that New Life Church exists because there are so many people that went before us, that laid a foundation, that served faithfully, and people that we'll never know, that served and worked hard in ways that we will never know or appreciate. Without their contributions, we wouldn't be here today. However, I also believe that the best days are ahead for New Life Church. Tell me y'all believe that. The best days are ahead. So I charge you to leave your mark and to contribute through your time, your talent, your treasure, and your testimony. And this happens through a number of ways. It happens first and foremost through prayer. I want to ask you to make a commitment to pray regularly for the church, for its leadership, and that God's will would be accomplished as we follow him. I want to ask you that you would be actively involved and that you support the church by attending services and working together, playing a part in the development and the growth of the church. God has given you unique giftings and talents and different ways that you can serve and be a benefit to the church. I encourage you to use those for God's kingdom. Through your giving, I want to ask you to give of your time and your talent and your treasure and trust God with your finances as you know him as your provider. We talk about tithing. It's a biblical command, but I want to encourage you to be generous inside and outside the church. Be generous people in your lives with your time, with the talents that God's given you, that you would experience the blessings that come as a result of using everything that you have and everything that God has entrusted to you for his kingdom. The next thing is through your witness. I want to ask you to live a life that's exemplary to those inside and outside the church. To set an example through unity with others, through holiness and actions and godliness that will represent Christ and this church in a way that honors him. Will you commit to supporting New Life Church with your time and your talent and your treasure and your testimony? Will you partner through prayer, active involvement, through your giving and through your witness? If you will, would you just say, I will. will. Awesome. Now it's our turn, guys. I'm going to ask you guys to stand all over this place with us. I want to charge you as well because this is a two-way street. It's not just them making a commitment that they're going to work their tail ends off for this church and we're going to sit back and, oh, someone else can do my job now. It's about time someone else joined this church. That's not it. It's a two-way street. So I charge you as fellow members and people that belong to New Life Church to love and accept these new members and leave your mark on their lives so that they grow together with us and that they are better as a result of being a part of New Life Church. I charge you to provide a godly example for their children and for future children, that they would love the church and love God as a result. We recognize that here at New Life, we're not a part of some secret or exclusive club or some sect or some private thing that no one else can be a part of. We're a growing family, and we celebrate those that desire to call New Life Church their home. So will you commit to loving and supporting them, for praying for them, working alongside them, and sharing in their joys and struggles as our community grows and changes. If you will, I encourage you to say, I will. will. Awesome. I want to pray a prayer over them. Would you just stretch out a hand this way? God, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for your blessing upon their lives. We thank you for how you're moving in and through them. God, I pray that you would just move in incredible ways. We are so thankful that you brought them here that you have orchestrated, you direct the steps of the righteous. Your word tells us you've orchestrated a plan.
to bring them here at this time and season in their lives. And Lord, we pray that they would receive even more than they give, Lord, that they, this church would be a blessing to them, to their families. Lord, that we, we believe that you are going to do incredible things in their lives as a result of being here. But Lord, we are so thankful for what they bring and what they have to offer to this church as well. The life, the vision, the energy, the family. Lord, we embrace them and we are excited and celebrate together all that you're doing in this church and in their lives. In your name we pray it. Amen. 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 We're so glad that you're here and a part of this service today. We're going to end this way. We're just going to put on some soft music in the back back there. And I'm going to invite you to come and spread out. Uh, you guys spread out across the front. I'm going to invite you guys to come down this side and just welcome them. Introduce yourself if you don't know them. Get to know them a little better. Let them know you're glad that they're here and a part of New Life Church. And when you're done with that, you're dismissed to go. Thanks so much for being here and being a part of this service today. Have a blessed day. Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>